Welcome to Hastings Outdoors, straight from the Mississippi Flyway to your hearts. Let's go! Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hastings Outdoors. I am your host, Andrew, coming to you not live from the Hastings Outdoor Studio, located in the Dream Building Garage. That's right. You guess it. Come on in, have a seat, relax, kick your feet up, all that good stuff, guys. Man, I... <laughs> funny song choice there. That's all intentional. Um, <laughs> because as of this recording, guys, it is January 3rd, 2024. Welcome to the new year, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but uh, as of as of today... As of sunset today, I should say, uh, duck is closed. Es terminado. Es no mas. Uh, for me. And uh, uh, my homies here in Norte de Indiana. That's northern Indiana for you Canadian types out there. But, um, yeah, guys. That's it. We're at the end of the road, guys. That's it. That's that's all there is to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> not sure Not sure how to, think, how to, how to take it, I guess. Um, kind of sucks. But then again, I'm kind of... I'm kind of glad about it. I really am. I'm kind of happy it's over because, I don't know, maybe in a week or two, I'll, I'll probably be a little bummed out about it. But, anyhow, we'll dive into, that to, to, dive into that in a moment, okay? We'll get there, guys. Calm down. Be patient. Be patient. Let's get all the uh, the stuff out of the way here. So, guys, if you don't know, Hastings Outdoors is just a hobby, guys. And uh, the mission statement for Hastings Outdoors, aka yours truly, is uh, sharing my waterfowl and outdoor experience to promote the participation and conservation of our natural resources. That's why I'm doing this, guys. I want to share my experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the truth, and hopefully, hopefully encourage you to participate in the outdoors. It doesn't have to be hunting per se, uh, but some sort of outdoor activity. Get out there, get active, do something. And, and hopefully that transitions or translates or progresses towards uh, conservation. And conservation doesn't take much, guys. It really doesn't. I, I've said this before, and I don't want to dive too deep into this right now. But um, if you guys really want to help conservation, you can. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can donate. Uh, for example, Ducks Unlimited. It's kind of hard to see there. I don't know. But Ducks Unlimited, good way to donate. Uh, it helps conservation of wetlands and habitat for uh mostly you know it's for waterfowl but it helps a lot of other species as well um it it, it helps it helps out a lot and more so than you might think because uh protecting wetlands and and whatnot yes it does help waterfowl however it also helps uh grasses it helps plants it helps uh you know small organisms snails um small fish you know, shellfish, fish in general, that kind of thing. It helps everything that thrives off of that wetland. Um, so it helps a tremendous amount of wildlife, not just waterfowl. So there's one way. Another way you can do, or a thing you could do, you can do this today if you wanted to. Uh, go to a local park, um, maybe a park that's on a river or a lake, a body of water. Uh, go to a boat ramp access area, uh, something of that. Uh, go to a nature trail uh, outdoors somewhere, guys, That <clears throat> that is safe. Um, 
that you obviously have permission to be there, but uh, you know your public areas, uh, go there and just pick up some trash. Uh, just pick up a little bit of trash uh, that, you, that you see. It doesn't have to be anything strenuous. Um, you know, get you one of those little squeezy grabber claw reacher dealios that uh, I like to play with and have fun with. But uh, you know, something like that. Go pick up some some tin uh, tin cans. We don't even have tin cans anymore. Pick up some aluminum cans, plastic bottles, trash, whatever maybe. If if you feel comfortable doing that, take some gloves with you. Maybe I don't know. That's one thing you can do right now. I mean, if you're not at work, uh, to actually help out conservation. So there you go. Conservation, guys, it's not hard, but it helps out a lot. And, it, it, you know, a little bit goes a long way. It really does. And so hypothetically speaking, if, you know, say 500 people decide to go out and not at the same place, but across the country decide to go out and pick up some trash, well, guess what? At the end of the day, uh, you tally up the total of the trash all those people picked up, you could have a couple tons of trash that those people picked up. Now, a couple tons of trash, it, it would make a big impact in one local area for sure if you picked up that much trash. But it's still a couple tons of trash. It all adds up, guys. It's it's all it all adds up, and it doesn't take much. It doesn't cost you anything, really. Anywho's it. So get off that soapbox for now. But uh, guys, let's dive in. I'm gonna start off with the season project updates, as I always do. So not a lot going on there, which is awesome, guys. I don't want to have project updates at the end of the season. Uh, that's that's preseason stuff, and it drives me nuts that I had to I had to monkey with that outboard and get it going, and all that stuff. But the good news is, guys, the outboard is rock and rolling, ready to go. The only issue I have left with the outboard, and if you guys haven't listened to the previous episodes, I mean, you, you don't have to. I'm gonna fill you in right now. Um, I had uh, water pump slash impeller issues. It wasn't spitting water, which means it wasn't cooling the engine. That's no bueno. That's not good, guys. Um, so uh, got that resolved. And the only issue I'm left with is that I don't have reverse. Ah, <laughs> kind of a bummer. Um, it's just an adjustment issue. That's all it is. Uh, but the adjustment, for whatever reason, I don't know if some parts are a little worn. I don't know. I don't know if there's just a little bit of slop somewhere. I don't know. But it seems like it is a fine, you know, frog hair adjustment to get the shifter to hit reverse and forward. It tends to lean one way or the other. Uh, mostly to forward, so I, I have forward all day, but reverse, it's you can hear it trying to engage, it's not barely engaging, it sounds like the teeth are just barely, barely touching each other, and so it, it's not fully engaging in reverse, but hey, that's not a big deal, and to be honest with you guys, I'm hoping not to use the boat the rest of the season, <laughs> so there's that, um, anywho, so, oh man, I tell you this, this, uh, this last this this past week I should say has been a a whirlwind of hunting for me, and uh, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of I posted on Instagram a little while ago and Facebook I'm kind of somewhere between burnout and and desperate now I'm I'm feeling a little more towards the burnout at least for ducks, and uh, I, I, man today I'm just kind of taking it easy, doing some housekeeping getting some stuff tidied up, uh, with the boat my my blind bag. That kind of thing. I am getting ammo switched over because even though duck has ended for me, guys, goose is still rolling on until February 11th. So, momentary pause and hunting for me, and then right back into it for goose. So, it's it's bittersweet that duck season has officially cl- well, it hasn't officially closed. By the time this airs, it has officially closed. So we'll just roll with it that way. But um, it is kind of bittersweet that it's over because. I didn't have the most success with ducks, guys. I really didn't. Um, it, it was a tough year, and I'm sure everyone across the country has has 
had that same experience where it has been a horrible migration. Um, the weather has been abnormally warm. The migration hasn't, it, there wasn't a, a, a decent, uh, steady migration as we may be accustomed to, but, um, nevertheless there, it, you know, it trickled in at times and that seemed to be about it, at least for my area. I hunt locally guys. That's, that's what I do. So, but it's been a tough season. Um, it, it's, oh man, <sighs> it's been a slug fest and, and not in a good way. Um, it's been a battle. It's been, it's been, it's been rough guys. Let's put it that way. I'm kind of glad that the 2023, uh, duck season is, is over. I really am. Um, I, yes, I, I am going to miss the opportunity to get out there and hunt ducks, but at the same time, <laughs> the reason I picked that song was good riddance. I'll see you next year. I'm over it. Well, this year, whatever. It is after the New Year's, isn't it? It is. All right. But, uh, man. Uh, so, I, it, it's kind of hard to, like I said, guys, I've been on a whirlwind of hunting here lately. So, it's kind of hard to put it into a, a hunt recap. But, uh, pretty much um, uh, from December 27th on, except for this past Sunday, I've been hunting. And um, I've seen a lot of things, seen a lot of birds. Uh, there's, it's been birdie. The wind last week wasn't very good, um, not very good wind, super cloudy, uh, but I have been seeing birds, and then we had a, a little cold snap this past weekend, um, or sometime around New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and that seemed to that seemed to push some birds down, which was cool, uh, however, um, it was very hard to capitalize on that because the winds were very, very calm, uh, super cloudy days, it was just very difficult hunting conditions in my opinion, uh, but... So I hunted like crazy, didn't have a lot of success, Got I, I went all over the place trying to find stuff, trying to change stuff up, trying to figure stuff out, uh, Alamo was riding with me for most of those, and um, ended up, uh, man, the only thing I had to show for it uh, after that was I got one redhead on a passing shot, so we'll talk a little bit about that hunt, uh, that was the best hunt, uh, the, the best hunt at the end of the season, let's put it that way, so Guys, I don't remember what day it was. I've been I've been so busy, so crazy, just running ragged hunting that my days are all mixed up. But um, Alamo and I decided to go out. I think that was uh, Monday. That was his last day to hunt before he had to return to work before season closed. And so I think it was Monday morning, uh, January 1st, we uh, decided to go out hunt. We went to a spot that had been been pretty good before, hadn't been there since. And uh, we get set up, get set up nice and early. We have a, a decent amount of Canada, Canada decoys. I think there was somewhere in the ballpark of 19 Canada floaters out there. It, I only threw a, uh, I think it was a six-pack of Mallards. The, uh, oh, the live pass uh, from Final Approach. I threw those guys out there, and that was it. Um, decent win that day. Uh, that was actually the first hunt we've had in a long time where we had a north, north-ish wind. And it was nice. It was it was very promising. Lots of birds moving. Lots of divers out there. A decent uh, flock of redheads. <clears throat> decent mallards. And uh, and a lot of candidas in the mix. That's hence the decoys. And so uh, towards the end of the season, guys, I've been I've been slowly transitioning and adding the candidas in more and more, um, trying to capitalize on that because it seems like uh, their abundance and their their flock size gets larger as the season goes on. So trying to capitalize on that also while finishing up ducks so had a lot of birds working guys there's only two there's only one truck at the ramp when we got there and uh actually i, I have run into this guy before and um 
seemed like a decent guy because uh, when I was having trouble with the the old outboard, um, I was close-ish to the ramp, and he was actually ahead of me. And he kind of peeked back, saw that I was uh, struggling with the outboard, and came back to see if I needed to pull in, which was nice. I, I really appreciate that. But uh, shortly by the time he got out there, I had the Minn Kota in the water, which Minn Kota, shout out to you guys. Uh, that that trolling motor's come in, come in handy and saved the day several times this season. So, oh, man. I would ask for a sponsorship, Minn Kota, but um, I already got one. Maybe throw some swag my way. I'll wear it for you guys. Put on the podcast. Who knows? <laughs> shameless, shameless little plug there. Um, anywho's, it's I'm just having fun, guys. Having fun, but so it, it was a nice morning. It was still it, it was crazy because there was more cloud cover than the Weather Channel called for, which is always a bummer because the forecast had looked super ducky. Uh, they said the, I I think before I before we went out the night before I think the cloud cover was supposed to be. Supposed to be, supposed, <laughs> supposed to be, uh, 20-ish percent, give or take a fuzz. And that's really cool because the last week had been super gray, super cloudy, no sun really peeking through whatsoever. And, uh, man, it was frustrating, guys. So, so frustrating. Uh, because, yes, you can kill birds on cloudy days, but it makes it really difficult when there's a little bit of fog haze in the air. And clouds, it makes it really difficult to spot birds, seabirds, and work birds, in my opinion, because it's really hard to identify what they are. Like, Canada's are kind of nice because they announce their presence. Ducks, on the other hand, unless, unless you get eyes on, you can tell it's a duck, but you can't tell what duck. And so uh, that's kind of how that hunt went that day. So we're seeing birds, calling birds. Birds are circling. You know, they're not really sure what to do. The guy across the lake from us, he he popped a couple, and uh, we actually saw him retrieve those. So good for that dude. Um, congrats on that one. That was that was nice work. I think it was a solo hunt. So good work on that one, buddy. Um, and uh, so we got we got a lot of birds in the area. A lot of birds working, and and just nothing committing. It's end of the season. Every bird we see is super weary. They're super gun shy. Very hesitant to come anywhere near anything that looks like a decoy and so getting birds working um nothing really committing so there's that and then uh i'd say an hour and change after shooting time uh, i saw a group of i thought it was divers i'm not really sure because i couldn't i couldn't really identify it uh essentially trying to land in the middle of the lake that's why i'm assuming it was divers but i've also seen uh different species of ducks do that towards the end of the season in this area because they don't want to land close to shore at all because of the pressure they've gotten wise to it so i wasn't sure what species it was but i saw them coming into land on the middle of the lake and so i grabbed the call and i just hammered away i grabbed the cut down call and just just blasted them because they're good you know 200 yards out and just hammered them with a, a greet call um, they weren't really responding. They kind of dipped back up a little bit, circled the, the little area where they were going to land and, um, looking to, uh, they circled, looked at the decoys and, and, and headed back to the middle of the lake. And so I grabbed a different call, hit him with a feed call, another softer uh, greeting call. And, and by that time I lost sight of those birds, but I saw a bird. I don't know if it was part of that flock or not peel off heading South, uh, straight across us about 150 yards out. I'd say about 50 feet off the deck and it, I, I called to that. So I, I already had that call. So I, uh, another greeting call and, and, and another greeting call followed up with a little bit of a, a feed chuckle 
and um, the bird turns. It, it, it dove down towards the water, kind of like it was going to land, banks super hard towards us, and and about oh five foot off the deck comes screaming by right over the decoys. And so I see this all happening and transpiring in a matter of seconds. And this bird was hauling. And uh, so I, I, I see this bird dive down, turn, bank, come in, and scream towards our decoys. And I wasn't sure if it was going to land or not because it was moving pretty fast and pretty low. And so I, in that split second, I pop up, boom, shoot, roll the bird. It, it carries on another good 20 yards before it crashes dead in the water. All right, cool. And that kicked up a lot of other birds um, in the area, got them off the water. And I think the guy across from us ended up getting uh, getting one out of that too. So that was kind of cool. It worked out for everybody. And so I hop out of the boat, get the kayak, uh, because it was just outside of wading distance. I boogie on out there. And initially I thought it was just a solo mallard drake because all I saw was gray. I mean, it was a split-second thing, guys. All I saw was gray and and. I mean, down, turn, boom, shoot, and all I see is gray. That's it. That's all I saw. So I thought it was a mallard drake. I'm like, all right, cool. Got a mallard. And I'm boogieing on out there with the kayak, trying to hurry and trying to get back because there's still birds in the area-ish. I want to get hidden, get back, but I don't want to lose this bird. And so as I paddle up to this bird, I'm kind of coasting, catching some side wind from the, uh, the wind that we had because we were kind of sitting on a point. It was a cross-shot day, uh, you know, kind of in general because we were sitting on a point – uh, the north is to our left, south to our right, east, straight in our face, uh, which uh, it, it, yeah, it'll work. And uh, so I, I go to grab this bird, and I'm looking down, and I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, it's floating in the water. Can't really tell. There's a little bit of chop out there. Still overcast. And uh, so I'm like, what is this bird? I pick it up and see the red head. I'm like, oh, nice. I believe it or not, I would actually never seen a red head in my area until that day. Until I shot that one at a passing shot. And uh, so I get the bird in there, paddle on back, and I, I hold it up to Alamo so he can see it. Uh, <laughs> Alamo, this is no insult to Alamo. Uh, I was in the same boat last year with a lot of waterfowl species. Um, he, uh, he sees it. He's like, what is that? <laughs> I said, it's a redhead, man. It is a redhead drake. And so once I got back in the boat and got, got the kayak hidden, got back in the boat, I, I, I showed him some pictures. I showed him a, a picture of a drake and a hen and whatnot and uh yeah so that was cool guys that was a, a very cool day that was that was it for the day guys birds were still working like crazy we actually sat out there until i, I want to say close-ish to 11 and um not much after that uh we did scout out a couple spots after we pulled set and got the boat out of cover and we're getting ready to head back to the ramp we went and uh um scouted a couple spots uh, on the western westerly side of this lake and uh um Ended up kicking up a bunch of mallards, um, and hopefully, I don't know if they did or didn't, but hopefully they ended up back towards that other guy because I think he was sitting all day. Um, and then we boogied on to the ramp, and I checked out one more spot. Uh, I don't know if the spot's huntable, but I'm really trying to figure it out, guys, because it's a it's a decent-sized marsh area. It's about 50 acres, I would say, of straight marsh. It has a road on the west side, but it has uh, houses on channels to the east and south of it. So I don't know if it's huntable. It, it is technically private, but if you can float it, if you can access it by water and you're not on the land, it's not trespassing. However, 
I don't know. It's it's a bit of a danger close situation, close quarters action. I'm not sure about the I don't want to say legality, but the oh, how do I put it? The um the etiquette of hunting that spot, but this spot holds mallards constantly. Tons of mallards. And I think the reason they're there is because there's no pressure. Don't know. I'm not sure if they're using it as a roost or not because uh, most of the time I've seen ducks there. I've seen them like midday. Midday. So maybe they're loafing there. Not sure. But saw tons of birds. Probably a good, you know, 30, 40 mallards in total as we were leaving. Uh, but they were super gun shy. And, and I, we had to go. We had to go. And so that was about it, guys. And then, uh, yeah, went out solo hunt yesterday morning. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that was not a good time. It was uh, mid-20s. Felt felt a lot colder than that because the wind chill and uh, decent wind. But it was southwest again. And so that, that flips the script on a lot of spots for me because, uh, you know, traditionally we get north-northwest wind, occasionally northeast wind this time of year. And so the southwest wind that has been jumping jumping in, you know, here and there it kind of changes things up a little bit. So you have to have to be on your toes and, and find decent spots where you've seen birds uh, that are huntable with a southwest wind. And so uh, I, I had a decent spot in mind, and I boogied on out there. I was kind of running behind that day, and um, I was just I was feeling the burnout, feeling the exhaustion. And as I, I got the boat loaded up, uh, hooked up to the truck, I got all the decoys ready to rock, I'm ready to go pull out of the drive, and as I get in the, get in the truck – and put it in drive before I start rolling. I, I just thought to myself, I should, I should just stay home. I'm sick of it. I'm over it. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I, I should just stay home. But I went anyway. <laughs> so get on out there. And I, I, I rolled up about ten minutes later than I normally do. And uh, I see another truck in the parking lot, which isn't uncommon. It's a large, large water system, a large chain of lakes, a large body of water. And so there's a lot of lakes in the area, a lot, of, a lot of places around there, a lot of places to hunt. So it's not that big of a deal um, to see one or two trucks there because there's tons of places, uh, if you know about it, to uh, hunt out there. <clears throat> and I'm definitely not going to tell the location unless I know you. And I know you won't blab to everyone. Anywho, so I'm booking on out to my spot, guys. Outboard's running great. Hauling to my spot, just trying to get there quick, make up a little bit of time. And I get about, oh, three-quarters of the way to my spot, and I'm just beelining across the leg, just got her wound, guys. And, uh, and I'm looking to where I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of scanning around to see if I see a headlamp somewhere because I knew there was someone else out there. And I, I'm, I'm just watching where I'm going. Straight ahead is my spot. And all of a sudden, I see the flash of a headlamp. I'm like, ah, crap. Well, good on you, buddy. So I, I whip her around and head due south of where I was going, because uh, there's a little bit of marshy area back there. Um, I had never hunted it before, but it, it would have worked. Um, and that was kind of my plan B for that day. And so I'm heading heading towards that area on the south end of this portion of the lake. And um, cruising along, minding my own business, catching a little bit of chop from the from the wind. It was a little choppy out there, so just, you know, feeling the boat bump a little bit. And uh, all of a sudden, cruising along, and uh, the outboard uh, goes from a nice a nice high high sound to bogging down a little bit you know i'll do my best outboard impression for you guys so yeah 
not a good day. I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, the overheat sensor wasn't wasn't making any noises. That's my that was my first thought is is somehow the impeller is plugged. Something's not working. So the the the, sent, the, the alarm wasn't going off, and I, the impeller was working just fine. And uh, then it dawned on me, I'm running out of fuel. <laughs> uh, I had gone so long with uh, without a decent running outboard that I hadn't really paid attention to how much fuel was in the tank, and I, I ended up running out of fuel. And I was I was a good 400 yards from where I wanted to be, and and it was it was windy, so I'm getting pushed back away. So I, oh man, it's a good day. It's a good day. So I get the trolling motor out yet again. Minkota saves the day, and uh, and so I'm trying to try. I, I just I was heading to shallow water, so I just I just trimmed the outboard up. Uh, obviously, I shut it off. Trimmed the outboard up, and trolling motor uh, run ish cruising whatever three miles an hour to uh, where I was intending to go. I get down there, and the water levels were kind of low, and the area I was in it was a uh, it's a lily pad uh, bed. And it was going to be rather difficult to get the boat to where I wanted it to be. So rather than trying to fight it and end up with a with a mediocre spot, I said, "The heck with it! I am going to go to Plan C." And uh, I turned the boat around, head back to Plan C, which is is closer to the ramp. So I've made a giant loop at this point, heading back to where I came from, where I originally started. And uh, I, I put the uh, one cool thing about the iPilot system on Minkota is, guys, <clears throat> it has a uh, a bearing heading it's it's kind of it, it does have autopilot so if you record a track it will keep you in that that certain range if you hook it to a uh a a sonar system whatever it may whatever works with that i can't remember right now but if you link it to your sonar it'll keep you on a certain depth if you're wanting to fish ridges it has tons of features but one of the features i like is the heading feature uh which you point the boat in the direction you want it to go hit that button uh determine your speed you can even set a cruise control to keep you at a certain speed, uh, but I wanted it wide open, uh, you know, setting 10 uh, and heading in this direction. So uh, the boat will drive itself towards that point uh, with GPS uh, so I can get the blind going. And so I was trying to double time, save some time because I am behind the ball bad, bad at this point. And so I'm so frustrated. I didn't, I didn't really want to go. And here I am, oh, just fighting it, guys, just fighting it, struggling. The boat's driving. I'm, I'm setting the blind up, getting the, the little bungees off of it, getting everything rolled, uh, rolled out. And so the blind's mostly set, ready to rock uh, by the time I get to my spot. And so I get to the location I was heading in, uh, heading to, and um, it actually ended up being decent. It was going to be a, cross, a crosswind again, which I'm not opposed to that. And, and honestly, guys, I think, I think sitting – perpendicular to the wind is great so you have the wind at your back i guess that would be parallel whatever i'm thinking of the spread so having your your spread parallel with the wind or in line with the wind and you sitting you know say you're sitting on shore your the back your back is to the wind your decoys are in front of you looking at you um yeah that's that's ideal ish uh, because when the birds when the birds do commit, they cup and they're coming into your spread. They're going to be facing you, slowing down, front shot. It, it it seems ideal. It seems ideal. However, uh, I have discovered that with uh, hunting from a boat, even hunting from a kayak, even you know whatever it is, um, if I can if I can sit with the wind across my face uh, versus over my head, uh, you get the birds cupped and landing in sideways. 
their eyes are less likely to be towards you in that scenario. So it's a little bit easier. I don't want to say easy. I don't want to say easy at all. It's not easy. But easier to get uh, birds to commit that way because they're not staring at you and the blind and catching movement, catching whatever, you know, maybe a, a... they're less, in my opinion, with a boat hunt, they're less likely to flare. Let's put it that way. That's just my experience so far. And so I like to, I like to sit crosswind as much as possible. That's what I prefer. I think it's easier to hide. Uh, even in a kayak, I think it's easier to hide. Uh, because when a bird comes and checks out the, the spread, they're going to be circling and working and all that stuff. But when they do come to land, they're going to land into the wind. And if your spread is across your face... As they land, they're not looking at you. They're not looking at you. That's the hope, right? That's the goal. It seems to work out. But anyway, so I get to the spot. I set the decoys out. And I even threw a diver decoy in the mix just because I saw some divers uh, out there uh, the previous couple days that I'd kind of scouted and hunted. And so I threw a, uh, a, well, I don't know, diver or whatever. I think it was a bluebill decoy, actually. So I threw that into the mix. I kind of set it off. A little ways away from the mallards, just to just to make it seem realistic-ish as as best I could. Maybe it was a confidence thing. I don't know. Uh, then I threw. I, I took six mallards with that that bluebill, and then I had six canadas. That was it, guys. I, I was trying to downsize, trying to minimize, and and make it simple, uh, make it easier for me on a solo hunt too. But also just keep it simple. Keep it simple because we're at the end of the road, guys. At the end of the road, these birds are super shy, super weary. They've been shot at for a while now and um, just trying to make something work. And so uh, the wind was great that day. Is actually, I think, uh, low teens, low to mid-teens, the wind consistently, not just gust. Gust up to 20, I think, at times. And so I get the boat hit up in these, hidden up in these weeds really nice. Guys, I was, I, I was managed to get the Dragonfly 3 literally three foot from shore. Uh, that's, it, it was great. It was great. I wish I would have found that spot a lot earlier in the season. And I, I am in cattails. I am in weeds. I am hidden well. I mean, this is this was primo boat camouflage at this point. And so I, I get the kayak out on shore and get the boat all tucked up, all, blind all ready to rock. I, I actually waited around the boat just to make sure the blind looked as it should. Everything's covered. Everything's good. Got some stuff grasped in. And I uh, sat. I sat freezing to death because it was windy and cold and uh i I, i'd heard some canadas in the distance you know honked a couple times didn't seem like they're heading this direction and that happened two or three times throughout the day i I heard ducks before sunrise or before uh, shooting time even i should say and uh couldn't see anything couldn't see anything nice and cloudy nice and dark out there still Um, no sun really peeking through any clouds it was thick cloud cover high winds Freezing cold, and uh, yeah, sitting there hoping for something because I had seen many, 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 many birds the previous day out there, and uh, I was hunting in a completely different location, actually a different lake altogether, and the hope was that uh, not a lot of people hunt this lake, and I'm starting to figure out why, but uh, there were tons of birds. I, I mean, a good 50 mallards that I saw redheads divers canadas even pterodactyls and swans out there that day and lots of seagulls but uh tons of birds tons of birds it was very birdie very birdie but uh nothing guys absolutely nothing big goose egg for the day 
And so about 9.30, I hadn't seen any ducks. I hadn't seen any any Canada's even close and uh, hadn't seen much activity. So I, I said, the heck with it. I'm done. I was so frustrated. I was so just burnt out, stressed out, frustrated, ready to ready to be done with it, over it. And uh, I packed up as fast as I could, pulled my decoys, and, and got out of there as fast as the Minn Kota could run. And I uh, got to the ramp, and uh, as quickly as I could pack out, I did. I was just rushing to pack out, to get out of there, to get home, get it over with. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm sick of the struggle. I'm sick of, I was sick of all the, the effort that I put in, the time I'd put in, and, and just killing myself trying to hunt these birds and, and having practically nothing to show for it. Nothing. I, I was over it. I, I, I had hit the wall. And uh, I've also noticed that, you know, as the season progresses, it seems like uh, my tolerance to the cold it, it keeps building, it keeps building, it keeps building. I, I, I get used to it, I get acclimated to it, whatever you want to call it. My tolerance seems to be great, it seems to be be good. Uh, most of this season I hunted with pretty much a, a, a sweatshirt like this on, and my waders. And and so, um, but for whatever reason, it seems as as the, the end approaches, if we do get cold weather, it seems like my tolerance just disappears. And I'm not sure why. And so uh, I felt, I, and, and who knows, maybe it was just the lack of sleep. Maybe it was just hitting it so hard for so many days in a row. Uh, who knows? But it seemed like uh, towards, the, towards the end of my, my hunting adventures this week, this past week, I should say so far, the past seven days roughly, that my tolerance to the cold has decreased. And I think a lot of it has to do with, with probably sleep and stuff like that, but it just made it miserable. And, and being burnout being tired, have nothing to show for it. I, I was done. I was done. That was it. I was sick of it. I didn't even want to think about hunting yesterday. I, 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 I got home, put all my, my stuff up and, uh, got the boat in the garage, got everything unloaded, got stuff in the house. And, and that was it. I didn't, I didn't want to think about it. Didn't want to talk about it. And, and I just wanted to basically veg out for a little bit and, 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 and this doesn't always work, but it is helpful at times for a moment or two, just to give you a breather is to just pretend it didn't happen. And, and if you do that all the time, it's not healthy for you. It's not very good for your mental health. You do have to face things you do. But, um, and, and I think Jordan Peterson said it best when it comes to stuff like that. If you don't face the dragon when the dragon is small and you let it go on, and you don't deal with it, you don't deal with it, you don't get it taken care of, you don't face it, you don't come to terms with it, you don't come clean, whatever it may be, if you don't come to grips with reality when the dragon is small, by the time you get to it, you're facing a much bigger dragon. And um, and so I just wanted I just wanted to stop, just stop for a little bit. And uh, yeah, that was, that was it guys. I, I, I was at the point where I regretted, I actually, I, I ordered, uh, by the way, Drake Waterfowl and a lot of waterfowl companies, uh, Rogers Sporting Goods, Final Approach, Drake Waterfowl. Uh, those are the top three that I can think of right off the bat, but many waterfowl companies have sales going on right now. So if you guys need gear, want gear, whatever, it's a good time to do it because they're having very heavy sales right now. I think Rogers still has the goose sale going on. Drake Waterfowl has up to 50% off a lot of things right now. And so I picked up a Drake Waterfowl 
uh, panel blind, essentially, a three-man panel blind for uh, roughly 50% off. It's originally like $300 and change. I got it for 160 and change. So there you go. And so I'd ordered that. <laughs> I ordered some silhouettes. Uh, I, I'm getting I'm getting ready for field hunting, which I'll, I'll try to transition to in a minute. This podcast, I should have warned you guys, it may go a little long. Uh, trying to make up for Tuesday, guys. And I should, just to throw this out here, I'll get back on track here in a moment, but to throw this out here, guys, I do apologize for the last couple of Tuesdays not having podcast out, but uh, I've been busy hunting. I've been busy hunting, guys. I've been running ragged. And so uh, sorry for the wait. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I got home, and I'm regretting even ordering that stupid thing. I don't even want to think about waterfowl hunting. I don't want to think of – I don't even want to see a decoy on nothing. I'm done over it, ready to move on. And um, this is the funny part, guys. This is the funny part. So most of the, most of the you know, the mid-afternoon there, I'm just I'm – just, I don't even want to think about it. I, I put it out of, out of thought, out of mind, whatever, and uh, – <laughs> Uh, about four o'clock in the afternoon rolls around and I, I was actually just relaxing on the couch. I don't even know. I think we were watching my wife and I were watching wicked tuna on, on the Disney, uh, Disney app or whatever, just vegging out, just relaxing. And, uh, I, I catch myself checking the weather on my phone for the next day today. And I, I, I just was looking at the weather app, looking at the wind, looking at the hourly, uh, whatever, and uh, I just kind of looked at my my wife. I said, "Why do I do this to myself?" And uh, she she I think she asked something to the effect of, "Oh, you going out in the morning?" I'm like, "I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. No, no, I'm not doing it." <sighs> so lo and behold, guys, this morning, oh man, I didn't I didn't get up early. I, I didn't get up at four thirty like I normally do for hunts. I slept in. I slept in. And uh, I got up about 6.30, I think it was, and decided, hey, you know what? There's a, a small place I can hunt not far from the house. Uh, I'm going to load the kayak up, uh, grab my shotgun, and uh, just go see what I can see. I didn't take any decoys. I was just going to quietly sneak out there and, and, and perhaps jump shoot something, just see what I see, just to get out. Um, I dusted off the GoPro and took it out for a trial run. And... Um, yeah, that's what I did this morning, guys. Uh, ended up seeing a pair of mallards, but they were they were passing this body of water. They weren't even on it or landing on it. But that was about it. And uh, it was more or less just a trial run just to get out there. And uh, I was hoping hoping to see something, hoping to jump something, hoping to whatever. And uh, it didn't work out. And um, But it was nice to get out there. It was nice to get out there. And uh, I found myself eager again. I found myself after it again. I found I found... I found the drive yet again for waterfowl hunting. And so I got out there for the last morning I can hunt ducks. And uh, nothing to show for it. And it turns out the GoPro actually died somehow. I don't know how that worked out. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's a, good, a, good, uh, a good time to transition. Uh, so the reason I had the GoPro and was taking on a trial today uh, is because uh, moving forward, and I don't have a definite time date reference, anything like that. I don't have any definite yet. But uh, moving forward, uh, definitely going to be uh, a, a lot of content on YouTube, as much as I can get out. Uh, um, so there's that. Something to look forward to, guys. Not just a podcast anymore. It will be a YouTube channel uh, with podcasts, but a YouTube channel with uh, content, podcasts, and all that good stuff. So 
in the future, guys. Stay tuned for that. I'll try to keep you updated as much as possible. I am still shopping around and checking out uh, options for action cameras, that kind of thing. I do have a GoPro. It is an antique GoPro at this point, uh, but I do have GoPro and, and mounts and all that good stuff for it. Uh, but um, I'm not sure. I'm looking, in, I'm looking into a new GoPro, but at the same time, I think the Hero 11 Black is ballpark four or 500 bucks, so it's a bit salty. Bit salty boys. Not sure I want to invest that much into it, but uh, more on that to come. Uh, Any it so yeah, guys. I, much like this past week of hunting, it's been a struggle. It's been a battle. It's been a it's been a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of time. Not a lot to show for it. And I think I wanted to do a a a twenty twenty three duck season recap or or whatever episode. But I think the past week really just sums it up. It really sums it up. Uh, early in the week, uh, this past week, and literally, literally the past seven days, I should say, uh, didn't see a lot of birds uh, up front. Saw some, not a lot, nothing to really write home about. Um, had a few days where there was really good bird action, but uh, not, not a lot to show for it. And so I think as far as the 2023 duck season goes, that is it in a nutshell. Um, yeah, there's some birds not much to show for it. Oh, there's more birds and still not much to show for it. So I think all in all guys, uh, for the, I didn't get out to, I didn't hunt early season this past year. I didn't hunt the early teal or the goose season. Uh, but, uh, from the opener of duck until today, I've been, uh, chasing ducks. And, uh, when, when geese, when geese, I can't even talk when geese was open in, and coincided with duck, I also hunted that too. And so I think for the the success rate, whatever, not very high, uh, I got uh, two Canada geese, two hooded mergansers, one mallard, and one redhead. And that is my sum total for uh, hunting so far and just for the duration of duck season. Pretty tough, guys. Pretty tough. Pretty hard to keep to keep going when you're not getting that much. But hey, it is an endless pursuit with the hope that the success will come more often than not the longer you go. That's hunting in a nutshell. So there's that, guys. And uh, just a little tidbit. I am, like I said, guys, this is going to be a little bit longer. I do apologize. But a, a little tidbit. Moving forward, guys. Moving forward from today. Um it is it is all on for goose uh primarily canada goose uh canada geese whatever you want to call it i don't know the canadian birds uh they're all really canadian birds because they migrate south but that's not the that's not the important part let's not get hung up on the facts here guys okay uh so i need to put a honk on there too we're, we're getting into goose season well only goose season whatever you know what i mean so gearing up for geese guys i ordered that that sweet panel blind it's a uh three-man I don't know what it is. Let's just try to pull it up real quick, guys, because it is really gnarly. It was <laughs> it's super on sale. And I'll tell you guys the reason I got into this or I, I chose this one. Oh my goodness. I can't even find can't even find what I was looking for, guys. The reason I picked this blind specifically was because it had top cover. Now I know there's mixed feelings on this, guys. I really do. Um I am trying to find this. Oh my goodness gracious! Trying to find it's the Gilly three man running gun. Oh, for crying out loud, I'm just gonna have to search it, guys. Uh, running gun blind. 
Oh, man. Sorry, guys. Bear with me while I type with my fingers. There we go. There she blows. All right, so as it loads, I thought it was going to load faster. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, Gilly three-man run-and-gun blind with no shadow dual action top. Now, guys, um, I saw this, and it kind of looks small to me because I was looking at, like, the uh, the northern, I think it's Cabela's brand, northern flight uh, three-man uh, A-frame. I think that's what it is. Now, uh, Cabela's has those on sale for $229. It looks just like the Avian X uh, A-frame, uh, three-man A-frame, if you guys have seen that. And so I was kind of looking at that. It seemed like a decent-ish prize. Um, it seemed like a decent blind, decent blind. It had dog doors, yada, yada. And so I was like, well, you know, that looks pretty good. I think I'm leaning that way. Um, because, you know, hey, it's a blue-collar working man show here, guys. It's for the average folk. It's not for the gazillionaire who can go out and buy whatever they want, which more power to you, man. More power to you. It's not my money. You spend it how you want to. I ain't judging. Um, if I could, I would. But I'm on a budget. I'm a working man. I got a family. That's where I'm at. And I'm happy that way. Uh, but so guys, I checked out Drake Waterfowl. So drakewaterfowl.com. Check them out, guys. Uh, they have tons of sales. So the the original retail price on this was $329.99. It is on sale right now for $164.99. And if you guys are interested, they have, uh, what's it say, four interest free installments uh, from whatever, from shop pay. I don't know. Buy with shop pay. There's more payment. I don't know what it is. Anywho, back to the blind. So guys, it, it, I, I highly recommend you guys checking this out because it is a really cool blind. And unfortunately there's not a lot of pictures on Drake Waterfowl's website of this blind. I feel like they really need to do a little more for it, but I did some research on the old YouTubers. Uh, to check it out and guys this the the top of it has top cover that's the coolest thing and so the biggest issue i've had with blinds in general is top cover because i think top cover is really a game changer in a lot of situations it's not a guarantee that you're going to get birds but it can save the day more often than not and that's one issue i have with the avery quick set on the dragonfly three there's no top cover and and when you grass when I grass it in, guys, there are some pictures on the uh, Instagrams and I think Facebook about this. Maybe it's in a reel. I'm not sure. Uh, but also on YouTube, the shorts there. I, it's it's across the board. It's across the board. Just check out Hastings Outdoors on Hastings Outdoors on social media if I can talk. Goodness gracious! But across the board, guys, um, it, it's top cover. I think is is really critical. If you can't have yourself concealed well concealments i think honestly guys and i'm not to get too too deep in the weeds on this because i am i am running a little bit short on time uh not to get too deep in the weeds on this but i think concealment i don't care what your decoys look like um, unless they're like pink purple green whatever if you have if you have decent decoys that's great uh but i think honestly guys i think the spread the decoys um the gun you have the the waders you have the coat you have all the gear Aside, I think the most important factor for waterfowl hunting is concealment. I think that is the number one determining factor on whether or not uh, you're going to get birds to work and finish or not. And that's just my experience, but ask anyone. I don't know. Ask around. Ask your friends. Ask, ask what they think. Uh, but I think concealment is the number one factor on determining on whether or not you will have a chance to harvest game or not. And so I've been really obsessing over this top, uh, this top cover issue or whatever uh, with the Avery quick set that I have on the boat. 
and I'm, I'm still looking into ways to make this happen. I'm actually looking to move away from the boat altogether and get a, a canoe, which shout out to Jordan Fromer. Thanks for, thanks for getting me hooked on that idea, brother. Um, dude's rocking a Radisson canoe. And uh, you've probably seen it on a lot of his videos. Actually, one of the most recent videos I saw it in, and I'm sure it's in more, but the most recent I saw it in was uh, when he was jump shooting on the river and uh, actually fell through the ice. Go check that out on YouTube, guys. It's a crazy episode. And, and thankfully, thank the Lord that, uh, that he's okay. Um, he's good. Nothing happened other than him getting really, really cold. <laughs> but uh, 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 spoiler alert, ice was involved on a river. Someone got wet. I'm, I'm leaving it at that. Go check it out. Jordan Fromer, that would be Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube, Duck Gun Podcast on Spotify, and I believe it's Duck Gun uh, Chronicles on social media and Fellowship of the Duck Gun on Facebook. Check it all out, guys. Uh, he's a really good dude. Um, a really good dude. I got to I got to speak with him briefly this past fall. Uh, we're members of the same Wallace, the same uh, Ducks Unlimited chapter, the Wallace Ducks Unlimited chapter, and um, actually last Wednesday, if you go back an episode. I ended up running into him at a place I was hunting and ended up hunting with him. So he's a really cool dude. But uh, we got to talking about, uh, you know, canoes and stuff like that. And uh, actually, uh, on that hunt, uh, I joined I joined him on the hunt. He had more guys coming with him, his uh, brother-in-law and his father, uh, also really good dudes. Um, and so I was just going on a solo hunt with a kayak. And so they had more guys come along. I said, well, hey, man, uh, you know, I'll just go with you guys. That's it's fine by me. And uh so I ended up uh, hopping in the canoe with him, and I, yes, there were two of us rowing, but at the same time, that canoe, it, it, if you guys have been on water in different, different types of watercraft before, you kind of get an understanding of what this is like. Certain watercraft seem to have a little bit more draft, and, and I don't know what the proper term is for water, but I call it, it, it we'll just use a generic term, drag. Um, how easily they move through the water, uh, maneuverability, whatever you want to call it, but for example, different kayaks are actually harder to row than others. Now you have more streamlined ones for, you know, like the, uh, I don't call it racing, but the, the speed style, um, you have more, uh, cumbersome ones for fishing, that kind of thing. And they take a little bit more oomph to get going. They're heavier, they're wider, they're more stable and so on and so forth. So the whole shape and, and all that stuff, it plays a part into it, but that, that Radisson canoe that, that Jordan has, it, it, man, that thing skated. It straight skated across the water. And with the two of us in it, I mean, we made, we made short work of getting to and from. And uh, it really got me hooked. And plus, with the weight capacity of the canoe versus the uh, weight capacity of the kayak, that's one issue I struggled with this year was uh, kayak and decoys. And uh, the kayak by itself that I have not bad. It's a field and stream. I forget the model guys. It's a 12 footer, I believe. Um, but, uh, I think it's the Eagle Talon. It just popped in my head, but the kayak by itself, not bad. It's not hard to row. It doesn't take a lot of, a lot of thrust to get that thing moving pretty good. It'll, it'll, it'll go pretty good. But that canoe lights out easier, easier to row. And yes, there were two of us. Yes, there were two of us, but, uh, just the feel of it in the water, the, the feel that I'm talking about, that drag feeling or that, that the, the maneuverability feeling, whatever you want to call it, it felt smooth. And I was really stoked about that, plus the weight capacity, getting more decoys in there, getting all my gear in there. And so I'm definitely hooked on the canoe. Anyways, it's rabbit trail galore here. <laughs> so I'm looking to move away from the, the Dragonfly 3 
just because it, it's it's harder to hide. It's a lot more work. Uh, setting up that blind by myself is a lot of work. Uh, tearing it down and packing it up by myself is a lot of work. Uh, hunting the boat solo, guys, is a pain in the butt because... Um, I'll just give you a time, time frame here. And I, I work quick, guys. I work quick. I move quick. I try to get stuff done quick. And tear down for a solo hunt. If I want to be home, uh, we'll just throw a number out here. If I want to be home by 1130 and I have a half hour drive time, I need to start packing up at 9 um, to make that happen. And it's super frustrating. The Avery Quickset blind, it's a nice blind. But packing it up by yourself is a nightmare. And it is a challenge. It also makes the boat difficult to work with sometimes because it takes up a lot of room on the outside of the boat. So you're reaching over more. You're stepping over more. Does it work? Yes. But it doesn't have top cover, and it's cumbersome. It, 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 it's a pain for a solo hunt. I'm not saying it's not, um, it's not a good blind. It'd be great for a couple of guys. You know, if you, got, if you hunt with a group of guys all the time, dude, you're good to go. Uh, but for me, where it's primarily solo, and, and really this year has been the only year I've hunted consistently with anyone ever, um, I think when I hunted with Jordan, it, would, it was only the third or fourth time I'd hunted with somebody else. <laughs> so just to put that in perspective. Anywho, guys, back to this blind. Back to this blind. The reason I picked this panel blind or this uh, field blind, whatever it is, from Drake Waterfowl is because of top cover. So the top on it actually hinges in the center, so you can lift one side up, the other side up, however you want to do it. It it, it has a lot of uh, adjustability, that kind of thing. And it has, you can grasp it in just like everything else, every other blind on the market. But it's also 164 bucks, guys. The only downside is I don't think, I really don't, I can't tell from the pictures, guys. I don't think it has a dog door. And so no big deal there because uh, there's a canvas shop literally three miles from me. And uh, actually, Alamo knows somebody who does lots of canvas work in general. So not a big deal there, guys. Uh, for 164 bucks, getting a really awesome blind. And I will have more information on that. It looks awesome right now. <laughs> I'll have more information later on whether or not it really, it really lives, up to the, uh, lives up to what I think. But um, so that is, that is it moving forward, guys. I'm moving, transitioning to land hunting and getting after Canada geese. That's the big thing for me right now, guys. And I'm kind of excited because it's the first time I, I, I will be so solely targeting Canada's um, and hunting actually past the end of duck season. Uh, and so for my, my second season, guys, I am, I'm opening up possibilities here. And I've got a few places in mind. And I think uh, I've got one that I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the bag. Pretty sure it's in the bag. But I've got places I can go. Um, just got to... Scout for birds, that kind of thing, guys. So I, I, I got, I got silhouettes on the way, and one thing I'm gonna try is taking my floaters and just setting them in the field, getting them set down nice and flat, so they're not, you know, cockeyed, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so guys, uh, when it's all said and done, I think I'll have five dozen decoys, uh, four-ish dozen silhouettes, a dozen of the full bodies, aka my floaters that are gonna look like shells. And uh, we'll see how it goes. So more on that to come, guys, in the future. Um, pretty excited about that, guys. And I'm actually really excited about geese. After getting a, a few geese harvested this season, man, I am really leaning leaning heavy towards really hitting goose hard. Uh, you get a decent amount of meat off those Canada's. And uh, it's pretty tasty. Tasted like beef to me. Well, let me rephrase that. If you buy beef at the store, you know, say your Walmart or 
wherever else, Meyer, Walmart, uh, your uh, Kroger stores, grocery stores in general. If you buy beef there, just regular old beef, um, grain-fed beef, that's not what I mean when, it's, when I say it tastes like beef. It tastes like uh, more like a grass-fed beef, which I prefer because it, it, you taste meat, not so much just the fat. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love a good grass-fed rabbi. 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 What's a rabbi? A rabbi? That doesn't even make sense. A ribeye. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, feeling frazzled, guys, but ready to go. Anywho, so uh, the Canada Goose that I had, it tasted like a, a grass-fed beef to me, which, <laughs> bring it on, brother. Bring it on. I'll, I'll, take, I'll get as many as I can. Uh, so that that's on the horizon, guys. I got the YouTube channel. I'm, I'm looking to get more YouTube content. So hopefully, hopefully before the end of Goose season, man, I'll have some hunts up there for you guys, have some you know stuff going on, uh, content for the YouTubes outside of the podcast. And so, uh, lots of goose hunting in the future. So, I'm excited, guys. It, it's kind of nice to have that at the end of duck season because duck season, there's no other way to put it, guys. This duck season sucked. It was rough. And all you central flyway guys are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see mallards for a while, but it wasn't bad. I'm just kidding. I love you guys. But, um, yeah, that's it, guys. Okay. <sighs> that is the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Do me a huge favor. Go check out Jordan Fromer's content, uh, Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. That's that's all I know, really. Uh, and also the Duck Gun Podcast on – it's also available on YouTube, but the Duck Gun Podcast on Spotify, guys. And if you could help me out, I'd appreciate it too. Like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. And I may be, do, may be doing a decal giveaway here in the future, guys. So you see this Hastings Outdoors here at, at, at the bottom right here. Little nice little decal. Uh, maybe, uh, giving some of those away, maybe giving, oh, wrong side, one of these away too, guys. Uh, but, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, no, let's just plan on that. I'm going to do a decal giveaway. So if you guys are interested, uh, comment on, uh, comment on this episode, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff, but comment on this episode and, uh, let me know what you think and just say, Hey man, I'm here for the decal, whatever. That's cool. Uh, leave me a comment. And, uh, uh, after next week, after, uh, for next Thursday's episode, I will, I will try to find somebody. I'll pick someone randomly, do a little spinner dealio on the phone, whatever with the names and, uh, pick someone and mail it out to them. But Hey, there's that. Stay tuned guys for more episodes. Uh, get out there, get safe, get after it, get meat on the table. And until next time, I will catch you later. Peace. Check out Hastings Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow all that good stuff. Thanks for listening.